Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, Father, Author, and Entrepreneur. Y'all, I can't even express how exhausted I am with life right now in general. Like, it's so much shit that that has been going on. Um, Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, Between the doctor's appointments, the kids, work, uh, trying to rebrand, and all of my goals, like, it's just been really, really hectic. And um, I suffered a, a, a financial hit that's going to set me back a little bit. But I'm not going to allow it to knock me off my square, right? Um, we get into these situations where we face failure or we face obstacles and we give up on the dream or the task at hand. And for me, you know, that's not an option. So as frustrated as I am, you know, I've... I'm, I'm having to figure out different ways to go, you know, about certain things right now, and it's difficult. Um, it's added to my mental distress, my frustration of, of life in general. Um, but I'm gonna get through it. You know what I mean? Like the the whole goal is just to uh, be in a, a better mental space to be able to continue to heal myself and continue to help others heal um, by just being there, right? And so I go through these things and it's it's weird. Like I typically allow them to like really, really sit me down when it when like when I have a, a, a loss. Um and it really changes the trajectory of my mental like immediately. And this time I'm just like, all right, it is what it is. I don't have the luxury of wasting time. So I can be frustrated, I could be mad, you know and sit still without trying to get answers or understanding of the situation, or I can just, you know, uh, continue to move forward while still looking, you know, for, for reasons. And it's like, it's so, it's, it's crazy because my entire life has been a fight, right? And I'm not like, it's not a victim thing or, or woe is me. It's just a, a true observation and understanding of everything that I went through from, the time I was born until now. Like the stories that people tell me about me as a child before I could remember anything. Like it's always been a struggle. Like I I, I low key feel like Sophia um, when she's all my life I had to fight, right? It becomes very difficult when all the stories of your life are riddled with trials, tribulation, having to overcome like constantly, like where's the good part? Right. Where where is where is the consistency of goodness? Like it's it's just it's, it's crazy. You know, some of us are able to experience that consistency of, of good um, and some of us aren't. And for me, it's like I can't complain about it. Um, I can vent. I can be frustrated, but I don't have the luxury to complain and and sit still and not, you know, take matters in my own hand and move forward. Like, it's, it's very difficult. It is very, very difficult, but for me, it's weird because I, I'm just optimistic. 
It don't matter what the situation is. It don't matter um, how difficult the situation is. I just always believe that um, I'm going to come out on top. And a lot of times coming out on top is not um, getting extra. Sometimes coming out on top is just being able to, to be even, right? Because we go into these, these emotional deficits, these financial deficits through, you know, through, through, through life, and we feel like, all right, I lost this, so I have to gain this plus more. Sometimes it's just equal and out. And I had to learn that the hard way, right? I had to really understand that, look, you're not always going to get the extras. It's not always going to be, you know, overflowing. You might get a few opportunities where the outcome is uh, overflow, but it's very rare that you're in a deficit and you not only break even, but you get the extras. And I had to understand that. And it's like nothing, nothing has ever come easy to me. And I, I don't expect it to. That's not the that's not the story for me. Ease and comfort is not the it's not the story for me. And I realized that. And so that's why I work so hard and take this podcast so seriously with um, with expressing myself, one, and then two, just being open of why I'm here, which is hopefully being an example of, of people to heal. One of the biggest things that helps me get through this mental health journey when I'm having dark days is being able to study what I, what I want to talk about on the podcast and then actually um, staying true to my word and recording the podcast. Right. It gets very, very difficult. I'm not even going to hold you because as I'm trying to deliver this session to you guys, I got to deal with myself for real. So whatever, whatever triggers or trials or tribulations that I've been through, like I got to relive that to be able to express it to you all so that we can heal together. Like this is low key my diary. Right. This is my therapy session or one of my therapy sessions and having to relive things the way that I do, because I'm, I'm an empath. I'm introverted. I'm very emotional. So having to come out of the darkness to relive these situations, to be able to say, OK, this is how I made it through this thing. Or I'm still stuck in this, but I'm still fighting every day to try to. Um, to get through it. You know, I work my butt off just trying to keep my, my mental health as stable as possible, right? Even even now with, with so much more information available about depression, it's still a lot that I don't know. And when I tell y'all, I, I study and research, well, again, let me not say research because I know there's actual researchers that listen to this podcast. I read articles about mental health almost daily. How does depression affect relationships? How does it affect uh, relationships? How does it affect a person in society? I read about anxiety all the time. You know, I told you guys a few months ago or a few episodes ago, for whatever reason, now paranoia has added itself to the anxiety and depression. I don't know why I don't like I'm so confused about that because I've never been a paranoid person and I've been shot at. I've been stabbed. Um, I've been jumped like and been through it all. Right. I grew up in gang infested areas and I never I never felt like I had to um, look over my shoulder. And so now as a 40 year old, it's like, where, where did this come from? And that's what's frustrating about, you know, 
uh, struggling with mental health. Things be happening, and it's just like, yo, what what is that? Right? Like I like I really been like deep diving into myself. Like, what are you afraid of? Like what like what's happening? And I mean like looking out the window, like you know, like what's that? Who that? And not necessarily you know bothering people. Like I I don't. One thing that I am grateful for that I'm not at the level to where I'm in the open looking crazy. Like I might look crazy to my kids. They might crack jokes and stuff. Um, but even then they know like I he he ain't wilding like that. Like we don't need to call nobody. But I really be tripping like where did this come from? Because I know where the anxiety comes from. I know where the depression comes from. I I, I know because I've studied I've I've been through so much trauma that I held everything in, um, and it broke me. But paranoia is really weird. I've never been scared. Like the only thing that I've ever been scared of is dogs. And I reconciled that a few episodes ago because the reason why I'm scared of dogs is a reaction, because I didn't listen. And so I did something, and got that reaction from the dog. So that's a mean thing. And so trying to figure that stuff out for real, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Like I can, like I said, I can pinpoint the depression. When you grow up, and I don't know if this is in all cultures and all neighborhoods and all communities and stuff, but in my community, like, We've experienced so much death of, uh, of our friends, our friends going to jail, um, like as kids, like going to juvie, going like all the way up until we were adults, right? We've experienced all of that, poverty, all of it. We don't get to be sad, Right. We, we we come from a community that you got to just pick yourself up. It don't matter. No matter how many times you fall, you got to pick yourself up. You got to keep going and keep going. And there's no reprieve of uh, uh, from it. There's no counseling for real. There's no. All right. You need to see a therapist because you've experienced this much um, uh, a death. And you only 11. Right. You, you, you witness domestic violence, you witness robberies, you witness all these type of things, and you don't get to lose your mind about it because it's the everyday thing. And it, like, you can't go to your parents for real because, again, at that time, what is, like, what? Depressed? That's for crazy people. You ain't crazy. Boy, go outside. You see what I'm saying? And it's no fault, like, it, it, it's no fault of them. Because they don't know. It's not broadcasted. It's not like, yo, you know, the, the, the adolescent mind can't experience depression. There is a high level of anxiety that children have. And so for us who grew up in a time where mental health was not on anybody's radar, a lot of us are struggling. A lot of us won't, won't admit it, but a lot of us do. And for me, it's important that I say it out loud. So that people my age, like whoever, I don't, I don't even know the age range who listens to this podcast, but I'm 40 and I'm hoping that the people who grew up around the same time as me, who had the same struggles of not uh, understanding depression and going their whole life feeling like, you know, 
they were just sad. And they didn't understand why am I why do I feel so dark all the time? Why do I feel like this all the time? And it's like, I speak for us. Again, I don't blame my mom, my dad, my stepdad. I don't blame none of them because they didn't grow up in a time where mental health was really important. At least the to it, if it wasn't schizophrenia and if it wasn't bipolar, like all the things that gave you di different personalities, like they knew about. Otherwise, it didn't matter. You just sad. Go, you know, go eat a peanut butter sandwich and go and go play. You didn't have an opportunity to express the things that were really that were really going on that you were really feeling, and nobody taught you how to ex express things. You got to think about it. Why do you think people fight so much? Because that's how we were taught. Don't let nobody punk you. If somebody put their hands on you, you 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 beat their ass. And if you don't beat their ass, I'm gonna beat your ass. And don't run from no fight. It was never, hey, talk it out. Like, learn how to use your words. That my entire, and I don't know when it started, but I know I was born in 82, so 80, 87, 88, you know what I mean? When I really start like understanding, you know, to my best the best of my 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 knowledge, it wasn't no words. It wasn't no words. Somebody talk crazy, you fight them. Somebody get in your space, fight them. We weren't taught to de-escalate. Because our parents didn't know, like our parents coming off of segregation, you know, police tripping, neighborhoods, like, like they don't talk, we'll be talking about. Everything is life or death. And then now we are in the space that we're in now where mental health is a real thing. And then now everybody has phones, everybody has social media. So you see and hear the kids committing suicide from being bullied. When we grew up, the bully, like if you was getting bullied by somebody and you couldn't defend yourself for real, you just had to find a bigger bully to get cool with to beat up the bully that was bullying you. It wasn't no, you bully me, then I go harm myself. But now we see that because it's happening so often and there's no defense. There's no um, like for real, there is no one school wise, police wise, like you can't go report a bully. They don't, they're not going to do nothing. I'll never forget. I had to I, I had to go cuss out somebody at, at my son's school because he kept reporting that he was being bullied. I kept reporting he was being bullied. So I told my son, no more, no more. And my son did what he had to do and guess what happened? Oh, we're gonna call the police or call them because I'm about to beat the parents ass too because I didn't already told you this kid need to stop. Because if I come home and one of my kids have, have harmed themselves because someone did not protect them from being bullied that's out of my vision and you're supposed to be responsible for my kid, everybody at that school is going to die. And so I take the mental health part seriously. I take bullying seriously. I take these things seriously because I remember 
watching and witnessing certain things happen and wondering like, yo, is anybody going to help? I, like, that's not regular sadness right there. Something going on. Like, there is a certain discernment that I've always had when looking at people and understanding what they're going through and being empathetic to it. But it's not easy. It's not easy. We've, we, we, we've now grown up into these people who feel like we still got to hide the depression. We still got to hide the sadness. We still got to feel like, you know, oh, nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. And behind closed doors being shambles. That's why I don't trust not near social media posts. Because I've seen people that I know be posting happy shit. Like, fam, I know you. You are not this happy for real. And I'm not saying, you know, you got to post your negativity or, or whatever, but definitely don't make it look like it is what it ain't. Like, I find myself getting lost in reality of life. And what that does, it forces me to dim my imagination of, of things that I can change, of the change that I could bring. Because life is so hard and every time you, you try to progress forward, there's something negative that comes in, in like, it's like a, like, it's just like a big ass bear on your back. And you gotta keep trying to uh, tread water with all this weight on you. And some of us give up. I feel like I've been treading water for 40 years. I'm not giving up. I've been through too much. I literally, and this is not from me, this is, this is from people who raised me, I literally died before, flatline. I do not have the luxury of giving up. The universe needed me for something. Hopefully I'm following, I'm, I'm following the path that I'm supposed to follow. But because of that, because of being shot at and surviving, because of being stabbed and surviving, because of being in situations where I got jumped and survived, I got to keep doing this. I got to keep on being optimistic that there is something greater in life than struggle. So I choose not to deal with my mental health in secret. I choose to open up and let you guys know we're okay. You don't have to be embarrassed. Be embarrassed if you if you just sitting on your ass and not trying to figure out what's what. If you know you need medicine and you're not taking the medicine, if you know that you know weed might help and you're not taking you're not uh, doing weed or edibles, like if you know that things will help you and you're you're not doing those things, you're not exercising, you're not changing your diet, you're not being medicated, you're not um, CBD, you're like you're not doing anything. Be ashamed of that, but never be ashamed of who you are. I could care less what anybody thinks about me and my mental health as a result to how I move. I'm very, very clear on what I struggle with and how I'm trying to improve that for myself as to not take it out on anybody. But I find myself being lost in the reality of life 
And I feel like a lot of times when I go into my my daydreams and my imagination and stuff like that, those uh, creative ideas that I come up with in in or creative poems or what have you, a lot of times I I don't do it because it feels like I'm going so far into my imagination that it's going to create some type of confusion. And I've been struggling with that for some time now. Um, little by little, I'm able to to still just have those moments of my imagination because reality right now is ass. I'm just, I'm just gonna keep it a buck. Inflation, you know, uh, rent, rent inflating, food inflating, no compassion, no nothing to the people, all the deaths, I don't care if it's by cop or by the hand of, of somebody else in your community and all the scams and like, it's just, it's so much going on. And I feel like for me, for me, that's what, like, I don't be watching the news a lot. Like, I really don't be, um, I don't be on social media a lot looking at, like, a bunch of negative stuff. Like, I'm telling you, I'll be muting, blocking away. It's just certain things that I just don't feel like are um, necessary for me. Right? It's just, it's just not. And it's not one of the things like, well, I'm just one person. I can't help. It's just like, yo, why, like, why do y'all think that's cute? Why y'all think that's funny? Like it's it's not, and and we have to get out of this idea that it's okay, right? It's like, oh well, I want to post it or I want to say it because if I don't, somebody else will. And it's like, no, that's the problem with society right now. We want to we want to give all this negativity out, just to be first, just to go viral, because now the world is set up to where if you go viral, you start making money off of what you're posting. So, of course, everybody's going to post the shock value. Everybody's going to post the negative thing because positivity never works. It never works. I, 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 I rarely see somebody say something positive and it, and it just go off. I never see, like, I, I've, I've never seen peace, tranquility, serenity go viral. And when it does, it's because someone else created a conflict by stealing it from the originator. It's not solely because the originator of the piece went viral. And because the world is set up that way, because these nine to fives is not paying nothing. So the idea is get on social media, go viral, um, get paid for that, try to keep going viral. And then now you have this lifestyle of trying to go viral all the time. And what that does to you, it's, it's just like regular show business. You can't do nothing else. You have to be whatever that character is that you have created on social media. You have to be that at all times. And that's why it's hard for me because I'm me. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not here to entertain in that aspect. I'm trying to help heal. I'm, I'm, I'm very serious about this. And so when I look at these things and, and I look at how much of my imagination that I just, I relax. Not because I want to, because reality is so freaking difficult and reality is so dark and demeaning. It's just like, I gotta be able to clear that darkness first before I can offer anything of creative value. Because that's all people want is the negative. You can look through, somebody will post something positive. Oh, this person did good at this. Well, they're not better than that person. 
oh, that outfit looked nice. Couldn't be me. Them shoes not, them shoes not it. And it always goes into a race thing or a political thing. It doesn't matter. You can post about peanut butter and jelly and people going to be like, fuck Trump, fuck Biden. Like, wait, what? what, what how do we get here? Somebody could post a plate of food and it's like, oh, black people don't eat this or Hispanic people cook this better or what? The world is a crazy place. And if you're not strong enough, it's going to eat you alive. And with mental health really being in the forefront and people really like breaking down, like the suicide rate is crazy in kids and adults. It is because we have this thing where we're not looking within ourselves. We're trying to please everybody. And when we're and, and when we're doing that and they they meaning the people we're trying to please, i.e. strangers and people on social media and they aren't pleased, it breaks us down and it affects our ego. And now you're uh, you're another number added to suicide. You're another number added to to violence, to jail, to hospitals. Because you tried to be somebody you ain't for people who don't really care about you. In the moment you're not funny no more, the moment you're not cute to them anymore, the moment that your 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 style is outdated, they turn it back on you. And now you're devastated because in your heart's a heart, your heart of hearts, you thought that these people love you. No, they love what you do. They love what you do. I was asked yesterday, what is my fear of, of, of relationships, right? And my fear is being used, my, like, for future relationships. My fear is being used. Reason being is because I feel like in my marriage I was being used. I, I really do. Once the need was met, then that's when everything started going haywire. Right. My relationship with my daughter's mom, I said, I think last week or the week before I like I realized after it, like after it was all done, that it was never me that she was in love with. It was the idea of how I took care of my kids, the things that the lengths that I was willing to go for my kids that made me attractive to her to have a kid with, not attractive to her to be a partner. That realization came when her and I broke up and then now it's hella conflict and I got to fight and go and, and go to court and do all this just to see my daughter in peace. And so my fear is that. In friendships, in relationships, I, uh, I fear that people look at me and know that I'm loving and know that I'm giving and know that like once you my people, it's unconditional and I'll do whatever I possibly can to make sure you are good. And people see that and they take advantage of that. And that's because I lose myself in the reality of life. And reality of life says, I'm a man, you my partner, I got to do this, I got to do that, you my child, I got to fight this. No matter how much is messing with my mental health, no matter how much is affecting my, my physical health, no matter if I'm in and out of hospital stressing over this shit, I got to keep fighting. Like, I got to die about it. 
And the moment that I'm like, nah, I'm done fighting, society be like, oh, how you gonna give up on your child? That's some bitch shit, da 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 da. It's like, I, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. The question is never, why you have to fight in the first place? It's always, you gave up the fight. I've been searching for healing for so long. For so long, I've been searching just for healing, just so that I can be in a place of forgiveness at all times, that I can be in a place of peace at all times. In order to do that, like I gotta take a deep dive into my heart, into my mind, and really deal with the difficult things and replace those negative thoughts and those negative feelings with new ones. I want to grow. I want to be healed. In order to do that, I have to face those things that affect me. And I'd be spending hours sometimes crying, kicking, yelling, trying to break down, why do I feel like this? The fear is gone. I'm a different person now. I'm stronger now. I'm wiser now. And I, it, it, it just it sticks. And I got to keep fighting. I got to keep going. And the amount of emotional exhaustion that I experience while fighting these things, it's insane. But I got to do it because I want to be better for myself, not to present to you all anything different than who I am. It's important for me to heal myself. My kids watching. I got to be an example to them so they don't struggle with the same mental health issues that, that I struggle with. I got to fight the feeling of not being enough. I got to fight the feeling of not, quote unquote, being man enough. I got to fight the feeling of not being a, a good provider. I got to fight those feelings because even in, even in what I have going on now, right, I hate telling my kids no. I hate that shit. But I have to. And I'm not talking about no, like spoiled no. I'm talking about like in general of like it's something that they want. And I, nah, I can't do that today. Like that shit gets on my nerves, especially if they're, they're behaving like they're supposed to. If you've been following the podcast, you know this past few months they've been on some other shit. But I'm just talking about in general. Just being able to, when they ask for something, when they deserve something extra, right? Because they have their needs. Like I don't, I don't play about that part. But if they ask for, dad, can you throw me 50? No, I don't got a big dog. I hate that shit. Dad, can you can you cop this new game for me? Uh, you know, let me see what I can do. And I hate that shit. I work too hard not to be able to live the life that I want to live, and that life is not of extravagance. It's just of comfort. I don't. I'm not looking for an extreme amount of overflow, but just some. And so. While I go through life and searching for all these pieces that I feel missing to help me heal, it becomes difficult. But it forces me to want to have these sessions, to want to talk to you guys, to show you, hey, it, it's, it's not a cakewalk. 
this entire journey is very difficult. But if you want to heal, you're going to keep at it. If you want to be better, you're going to keep at it, especially if you you have kids or you're raising or helping raise kids. You know, you're if you're involved in your nieces and nephews and grandbabies life, like it's important for you to want to heal for yourself so they can see the best version of you. So you can see the best version of you. Everything that I do for this podcast, for the poetry, for just life in general is to promote growth within me, within my kids, within you all that listen to this podcast or watch this podcast. Every thought, feeling, and memory that's not conducive to growth, I have to let it go. I have to, or I have to lower my emotional capacity so that I'm able to move forward properly. A lot of times um, we aren't, we, we can't, we, we, we can't, Erase the thoughts. We can't erase the memories, right? Because they're there, they're triggers, they're traumas that happen, and it is our reality that we experience these things. But what we can attempt to do is lower the emotional capacity of that said memory or thought. It's there, yeah, that happened. That happened. It did. But I survived it. And I'm able to physically move forward. I'm no longer in that same position. I'm no longer around those same people. Um, I'm aware now, so this same thing won't ever happen again because I have understanding of it now. I've been through it. I dealt with it. And it is what it is. If you can't forget, try to lower the emotional capacity because that'll help you move forward. It'll help you be put yourself in a position to help someone. You'll be able to see it from a you'll be able to see it from a mile away. And be able to be like, hey, nah, you didn't, you didn't do that. You didn't, you didn't do nothing wrong. Like, hold your head up. Like, you know, you'll be able to help somebody because you'll be able to see that shit. Um, like, I know, I know a lot of what I say is repetitive. Part of it is a lot of times I don't know it, but the other part is I know that it it's going to create a habit. I have this thing to where I'm going to annoy you into healing. It's one of two things. I'm going to talk to you about healing or I'm going to tell you my story and you're going to be like, man, ain't nobody trying to heal right now. Or I'm going to annoy you enough to where you're like, all right, let me see what he's talking about. Let me try some of these things. Let me get some, let me get my meditation up. Let me sit down and really deep dive within myself and ask myself the serious questions that I that I need to to heal. Because a lot of us are not healing, not because we can't, but because we just we don't want to. We we like that feeling of darkness. We like that that feeling of immediate rage. We it gives us a rush, right? Knowing that, you know, and I know it sounds crazy, but knowing you can snap at any time, it gives you this weird feeling of of power. Right. That's why we have all these people feeling like they're the toughest kids on the on the block, the toughest adults in the street. Like it's always somebody tougher than you. If you're living in that energy, let me tell you, it's always somebody tougher than you. It's always somebody bigger than you. Always. Always. And so I try to create the habit of of peace. I try to create the habit of healing. I try to create the habit of soul searching. 
because it's important that we're looking for who we are and not what the world tells us to be, not what our parents has told us to be. Not like my brother used to tell me all the time, listen, it comes a time in your life that you can no longer say I was raised like this. You have to gain your own experience. You have to start living your own life. There's, there's a, like, it doesn't matter. I know. All right, I was taught this way for, you know, a lot of us have 18 years at our, at our parents' house, right? So for 18 years, you was taught a certain way. Stay in a child's place. So everything that you thought that was right or wrong, like you never really got a chance to challenge it because you got to stay in a child's place. But then once you turn 18 and or once you're out of your, your parents' house or out of the out on your own, now you have to start figuring out if those things that you learned in those 18 years are suitable for you. And if you don't figure it out, you're going to still be like you're like you're moving on outdated software. Your experiences are the update that you need to get to the next level. But if you keep having this conflict of your experiences versus what she was taught by somebody else, you're going to keep on having this tug of war within yourself because you experience in life in now. They teaching you something from then. Like, really think about that. You were taught for 18 years how your parents lived 18 years before. There was no future thought in that. The world that I live in today is not the world that I was taught to live in as a kid. I had to figure out through my own experiences what this world was like. So for me, I, I teach future for my kids, not today, because once they're adults, none of this is going to matter right now. So I got to pay attention to the things that are changing Um in finances, things that are changing, in racial tension, things that are changing in police uh, work, things that are changing in poverty. Th like I got to look at those things in the future, see where they're headed, so that I can give them fifty percent of what I what I grew up on, and this is how it was, and then the other fifty percent, this is how it changed now. To give them an idea, oh crap! If this is how it was when Dad was little, and then this is how it is now, all right, I'll be able to see a little bit better what's going to happen within the next ten years. And that's how I approach them, because I want to make sure that I'm not I'm not raising dinosaurs. I don't want them to go out on their own and be clueless to life and feel like for the for the, eight, the first 18 years of their life, I was teaching them some bullshit. So the repetitiveness and what I'm saying is to create a habit, a positive habit. And if I create good habits that replace the bad. I can replace the bad memories and thoughts with the ones that that'll give me better control. Cause that's what I'm that's I like I'm not about controlling nobody else but myself and my own emotions. And if I create the habit of positive thoughts that can replace the negative ones that keep on trying to invade my space, then I can get better. I can deliver uh, uh, better messages, better sessions for it to be more in peace. Because that's the ultimate goal is to break those thoughts down because uh, we're not in those situations no more. And that's what's crazy about the human mind. It'll put you right back in that situation and you're hunt like, I don't even live in California no more. I am six to seven hours away from my hometown. 
But there are situations that happen and triggers that that happen that take me right back to Pasadena like I never left. And I have to reel myself back like you don't even talk to half of those people. You ain't been home and I don't know how long. And I really have to sit myself down like I'll go into a full like heart uh, heartbeat pounding panic attack just off triggers. And so it's crazy how the mind will will it'll put plant you right back in that place that you're not even physically close to. And so for me, I'll be having to sit myself down and break it down. Like, yo, you like relax, like breathe. Breathe. And so me creating this repetition, like it's one of the things that I know it annoys people. But for me, I thank God that I have that repetitive thing that's going on in my mind right now because it helps me to hear myself and create that the positive habit to remove the negative. And I, I sincerely believe that if I can get enough good thoughts and create a, 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 a lasting habit of having positive thoughts, when those negative ones come, I, it, I'm good. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit me like, man, remember that? But then that positive thought going to be like, nah, but we did this about it. I used to think that everything had to be responded to in violence, right? And if I didn't kill nobody, if I didn't fight nobody, if I didn't cuss nobody out, like, I couldn't heal. And that's not the case. Because the healing, a lot of times, it ain't for that person. The forgiveness is not for that person. The forgiveness is so you don't be tripping, so you don't be holding on to anything. And I don't think a lot of us realize that. I think a lot of us just feel like the forgiveness is for that person. No, the forgiveness is for you so that you can sleep at night, so that you can move on with your day. You can move on with your life. Yeah, you got hurt. Yeah, they did whatever they did. They said whatever they said. I get it. They wronged you. Trust me. I get it. But they don't give a fuck. And so you can't either. You can't hold on to what somebody did to you your entire life. You're going to hold yourself back and you're going to miss so many opportunities because you're waiting for somebody to apologize for something that they did on purpose. That's how I look at life. If I got to beg you for an apology, it lets me know you did what you did on purpose. It was not a mistake. If, I, if you've done something to me and you to date still haven't apologized, I get it. You did that shit on purpose. No love loss. That's who you were. That's who you are. This is, this is what your behavior is. I can't hold on to that. I got to be like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm still alive. Um, I lost something in that situation. It, it affected me very, very deeply. But I made it. I'm not holding on to that. I've been in there before. I've been in that space of, of holding on to grudges and holding on to this person did this, this person said, I've been in that space before. It's not worth it because all it does is hurt you more. All it does is make you more mad and you're not going to do nothing. I'm not sacrificing my freedom for nothing. That any, If you don't try to like physically try to kill me, physically try to kill my kids, then what I'm going to do? What, what is me sitting here saying to myself, you did this, you did, what is that going to do? It's not going to do nothing but fill my brain with, with more hatred, with more disrespect, with more, um, with more triggers and traumas. And now I'm not only pissed at you, if anybody even give me an inkling of a sign 
of what I went through, I'm immediately going to be mad at them, cut them off, yada, yada, whatever. When we hold in that resentment and, you know, and we don't forgive for ourselves, everybody becomes the enemy. No one gets a chance to prove themselves. No one gets the chance to make mistakes and stuff like that. And so for me, it's just like, nah, I don't, I don't got time for that. I know what that did to me. Holding that shit in and feeling like this person owed me an apology. I can't believe this person said this, did this, behaved that way. It turned me into a monster. And not, a, not outwardly like tripping on people or anything like that. But as far as how I evalu evaluated friendships or relationships or whatever, work, everything. Trust decimated. Hope decimated. I am I wasn't believing in nothing. I don't nope, I don't believe nothing you talking about. Because I'm holding all I'm 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 holding all this stuff in feeling like somebody owed me something when in actuality it's their behavior. I owe I am the only person on earth that owes myself anything. My parents don't owe me nothing, my siblings don't owe me nothing. Um my partners don't, they, they didn't owe me anything. My kids don't owe me anything. I am the only person on earth that owes myself anything. And knowing that, it allows me to forgive for myself. It allows me not to hold grudges for myself. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, if you don't hold grudges, why do you isolate from people? For my fucking freedom. I can't let you shoot me in the face and then be understanding that you shot me in the face and then still talk to you and let you shoot me in the face again. That's not how that works. Yeah, you was going through a bad day. Something was going on with you. Cool. I'm never giving you the opportunity again to shoot me in the face. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy because I'm aware of reality but I struggle with hypothetical issues. And what I'm learning is that that's part of paranoia. That's what paranoia is, right? You know reality, but your mind is like, what if this? What if that? What if that goes wrong? It's a pain in the ass. It really is. I literally have to sit myself down and fact check life. <laughs> like, because... Because paranoia was never a thing for me, especially when paranoia should have been a thing for me, it's weird to me now. Like, I'm an adult. I'm, I'm, I don't hang around gang members anymore. I'm completely out of that life. Um, I live in the suburbs, quiet little neighborhood, small little town. Um, only thing out here to be afraid of, honestly, is the wild coyotes that run across the field, um, the javelinas. But there's no gang violence where I'm at. There's no uh, there's no daily drive-bys or robberies or anything like that. So what am I scared for now at 40 when I'm completely out of the hood, completely away from uh, a gang life, completely out of gun-infested areas per se? Having paranoia now is super crazy to me. Experiencing it is super crazy to me. And so I have to really 
sit myself down and fact check whatever the thing is that's trying to make me scared. It's time consuming. It's exhausting, but it's necessary for me because I don't want to turn into one of those people who allow paranoia to take my mind to a place where now I am battling with different personalities. I feel like that's when that kicks in. That's when that imbalance happens, when you allow paranoia to really drive you into the hypothetical and reduce the reality of the situation. That's why I often say I'm grateful that my imbalance is not that strong to where I can't sit my ass down and bring myself back to reality. When I'm having these weird thoughts, when I'm having dark thoughts, when I'm like when 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 my intrusive thoughts get out of control, I'm so grateful that my imbalance is still weak enough for me to be like, yo, that's that's wild, bro. There's no reason for you to be that extreme. Like I'm on this this journey right now of just being able to function properly and how I see properly, not how society sees what proper is. I'm on this soul searching journey, if I'm being honest, and I don't even know what I'm looking for. And I love it here because while I'm trying to figure out what I'm looking for, I'm able to see myself in a different light. I'm able to remove myself from the identity of being a partner, being a parent, being an employee, being an owner. I'm able to remove myself from those identities and really look at who Kevin is. If you haven't really sat down with yourself in meditation, in peace, and really look deep down in, in yourself for the things that you aspire to be, for the things that, you know, uh, you want to be better. I really advise you to, to take some time out your week to do that. That first few weeks is going to be devastating to you because you're going to have to break through a lot. You have to break through a lot of things you did that were not moral and you knew that they weren't, but you felt like you were doing them from a place of survival, you don't have to break through that. You don't have to break through any hurt you cause somebody, any pain you cause, you gonna have to break through that, right? You gonna have to really take your accountability out of there. But in, in, in this journey that I've been on, one of the most fulfilling things for me is that deep soul search that I constantly do for myself to break these things down, to give myself value within myself because you start thinking about the wrong you did, the, the conflicts you were a part of, the chaos that you were a part of or started, your whatever, right? Only you know. That first couple of weeks, I was devastated with myself because it was certain things that I definitely would have changed. I didn't regret it because it made me who I am today, but I definitely would have been like, oh, I could have said this a little bit different. I could have delivered that a little bit different. But once I got through how I behaved, once I got through, you know, the things that I said and really start like, all right, well, why? 
Why did you feel like you had to do this? Why did you feel like you had to say that? And you start trying to pinpoint the teachings of, of that thought. You start pinpointing the actions, like where did I get this behavior from? Why do I think like this? Why do I feel like this was okay at any part of my life? And so you start really reconciling things. It's, it's crazy difficult. It really, really is. But for me and my healing journey, it's important because I don't like who I was at a certain point. I don't like the reputation that for me that I would like, I hated the idea of, oh, you act just like your dad, your attitude just like your dad. I hated that idea, but because it became a thing, I, all right, cool, I'll take it. Yep, attitude just like that. I'll fuck one of you all up. I'll blow this whole shit up. So now I'm 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 behaving in this way because you keep you keep putting it on me. Oh, you look just like your dad. Oh, you you a hoe just like your dad. All right, bet. I'm gonna be the best. The whole time I'm like, I, I didn't even I didn't even do anything. As a kid, I didn't know I didn't know who my dad was. I didn't know what he was doing. I like, I didn't I didn't know. I never paid attention to that. I never asked. Never like I don't. I didn't have the regular father-son relationship with my father, so I don't know who he was and what he was going through. All I know is that people were just like, "Oh, you look just like your dad. You 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 act just like your dad. You're tempered just like your dad." And it's like, wait, what? Completely opposite as a guy. But again, I don't know him like that. I know him as a football coach. I don't know him as my father. I don't know how he grew up. I don't know any of that. But you fall into those things because you constantly hear them and people beat them into your head. And so now, all right, cool, I'm, I'm that guy. But now that I'm looking for myself, now that I have my own kids and I'm realizing like, yo, like I tell my kids, I don't want y'all to be like me. I want y'all to be better than me. I know that's cliche, but I mean that shit. So in order for me to help them be better than I was, I have to allow them to feel how they feel. I can't dismiss um, their emotions. I can't dismiss if they're feeling depressed. I can't dismiss if they're, you know, just feeling off. Like my my twin, right? Him, me and him are the same. Either he going to talk your ear off or he not going to talk to you for two weeks. As simple as that. At first I used to get offended, like what you hiding, da, 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 da. But now it's like I understand. You don't, all right, cool. He dabbed me up. You good? Yeah, all right, cool. He talks to me when he want to talk to me. I see him walking through the house and stuff. He's not rude to me or anything like that, but he don't really talk. I mean, if I start a conversation with him, he'll 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 talk. But it, even then, it's just it's limited. And again, at first, I used to get offended, but then I'm like, yo, this is who he is. He got he to gotta figure out his way of communication and how he wants to communicate. He gets straight A's, you know, so clearly he's functioning properly at school, and I'm not going to force him to speak. He alive. He not being disrespectful. He say, you know, he say hi. But that comes with me soul searching for myself and making sure that I am aware that the world does not revolve around me. And I think that's what happens a lot in society. We all have this chip on our shoulder that we feel like the world revolve, revolves around us in the space that we're in. And that's not the case. Like I have these, I have these issues that affect my mind while I'm already extremely introverted. So trying to be out, like trying to be extroverted to an extent um, while dealing with this stuff, it's a recipe for disaster. Like I find myself trying to be myself, but also trying to make sure I'm normal in public. Um, it's just, it's a, 
I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a seesaw of annoyance. And I see myself really trying to not necessarily fit in, but I hold a lot back as to not overwhelm people of who I am. And this is where the conflict really starts um, to happen mentally. The pressure of making it, uh, the pressure of making the so-called right decision where I won't be judged versus making a choice that's bet that best fits me. I've witnessed people, a mob of people have one thought and then one or two people have a different thought and that mob gets on those two people for having that different thought. Not that it's wrong, it's their perspective and their experience. But society, you're wrong because we all feel like this about it. We all see it like this. And you see it different, so you're wrong. And the reality of it is, people be so mad when you are strong enough to go against the grain. And they chastise you and disrespect you and... Oh, you think you better than everybody because, you know, you think like this and then they want to, oh, well, you, you must have, uh, your parents must have been rich or, you know, you got a silver spoon or this, that, and the other. And it's like, all oh, because I think differently. Like, we've all been in a situation where we go against the grain and we're met with hate and vigor and disrespect just because we just choose not to look at it like that. It's a lot of stuff that I see and I'd be wanting to put my, my like I'd be wanting to, to interact and put my opinion on, but it'd be so different that I know it's going to create a hailstorm of trolls and disrespect and hate. And I personally can't take that mentally. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not in a strong enough mental space to where I can deal with a social media attack because there's certain things that I just see different. And so I just mind my business. I mute, I block, whatever. Because like I said, you could be posting about peanut butter and jelly and somebody would be like, fuck your dead mom. Like, whoa, what? You see what I'm saying? And so it's just, it's difficult. So I keep my opinions mainly to myself on social media. Um, even when people are talking to me, if they don't give me the opportunity or the open door to give advice or opinion, I just listen and be like, man, that's crazy. Like it really is. But for me, the reality is that someone to be really in tune with themselves has to be very, very strong. Because a lot of times when you are aligned properly within yourself, you are going to see things way differently than the masses. Not because you feel like you're better than them, not because you trying to point out, you know, that they're less than or whatever. It's solely because you want to be different. It's solely because you 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 don't like the trajectory of where things are going, the thought process of it. And you just want to you want to try something new for you. So if you are that person who is like, I'm, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going that way. I'm going to go against the grain for my better good so I can see what this is. Because the first person to try something new is always going to get the most hate for that. Right? The truth is, a tr the truth is only the truth because enough people say it. That's why it's so difficult to forgive people. That's why, you know, it's like, oh, that person cheated on you and... Um, 
you fucking with them and they gonna do the da 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 because in their they never had to get through anything. Oh, that person stole this from you, or that person, you know, hurt your feelings. Or uh, you, if it couldn't be me, I'm doing it. And it's like, do you know the details of what happened? You don't. You're just giving a, a, a you're just giving an outward opinion of stuff, right? Like, there's so many podcasts out there right now that just attacking men, and so many podcasts that are attacking women, and it's just, it's the same thing over and over and over again. There's so much more stuff that we can be doing other than beating each other down. Like I tell my kids often, I've never been a follower. I never have. Either the friend group is equal or it's not a friend group for me. Like, it's just simple as that. That's how I live as an adult as well. I don't like being in a space of uncertainty. Meaning... I don't want to hold, I don't want anybody else to hold my life in their hands of how I'm supposed to move, behave, act. I don't want anybody to be able to feel like they can tell me anything, right? Suggestions, yeah. Observation, advice, yeah. But telling me, like, this is not a dictatorship. Like, I, I run, I run the United States of me. If you take my choice away, then that, makes you an enemy for me. And then I'm going to move at, I'm gonna move in that way. I've ignored my conscience and done wrong or hurt folks and I felt horrible while doing it. And I used to lie to myself and say, oh, well, I gotta, I gotta survive. Whole while I knew stealing them cars was wrong, stealing out them stores was wrong, stealing off them trucks, wrong, 100%. But I blamed it on needing to survive. I blamed it on needing to provide at the time. And then I started looking at how often it made me create a lie to cover myself because I'm out doing that and I don't want the, the, the people I love to know I'm out doing this so they don't look at me different. Having this moral fight within myself every time I'm out boosting, the reality was I wasn't strong enough to control myself out of desperation. And that's the reality that we all live by. And so that's why for me, I'm on this mission of soul searching daily. Because it's necessary for me to keep my head afloat, you know, for me to keep providing for my family properly, for me to keep doing the right thing within myself, not because others uh, want me to do that. And so here's, I mean, um, here is a few questions that I asked myself during my soul searching. What's the most important thing for me? Is it recognition? Is it money? Or is it free time? For me, I would say free time is the first thing that, like, it's the most important thing. That is the one thing on earth for me that, uh, invokes jealousy not money not traveling not things just seeing people have time to do what they want to do it really gets under my skin and like low-key I'm a hater when I see that like I'll be so frustrated and I'm just I'm honest 
because, you know, I struggle financially with certain things, you know, um, and like I said, I just took this financial hit. One of the questions is, if you were given $100 a week to spend on whatever you like, what would you do? And for me, I'll probably give it away. Like, I'm just I'm just that way. I, I literally, I probably would give that 100 away. Um, like, if I'm not working or anything, of course, you know, I would keep it and make sure my kids have food and stuff like that. But if I'm working and, and all that, you know, I would give it away. Another one is, how do you define success? I define, I define success by the amount of people that I reach, the amount of people who hear my sessions and, and not even the amount of people, because I don't care if it's one person or one million. Like, if I can reach one person, just one, and help them survive another day, that's success to me. Um, what's your number one priority? For me, my number one priority is making sure that my kids survive life and turn out to be exceptional human beings. That is my priority ever since I, I had kids. Like I said, I've always only wanted to be a good husband and good father so that I can add positivity and peace to the community. So that is my priority. What is the best gift anyone has ever given me? And that's grace. I'll leave it there. If you had one hour of extra time a day, how would you use it? I would rest. I'm so exhausted. I'm so exhausted, y'all. It's like I'm on this freaking treadmill of life, just constantly running, no break, no way out, just straight uh, on a sprint pace, just running and running and running. Like I would just, I would rest. In one word, what? In one word, what do you live for? Is the is the final question that I ask myself. And so far, every time I've asked myself that, the one word that I live for is peace. We gotta go through something to get somewhere. And I don't want you guys to do it alone. I need y'all to remember that no matter the darkness, as long as we are breathing, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. What's going on, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacelyflawed.com for your podcast merch. Get you a copy of King Collective. It is a book of 43 poems written by yours truly. Also, Second Power is available for uh, for sale, which is the single off of my upcoming studio album, Into the Light. Um, if you want to support the podcast, head over to Good Pods. Download that app. Um, it's an amazing app to have for podcasters and podcast listeners as you're able to communicate directly with me and your favorite podcast host. You're able to review and rate the episodes in real time. Um, there is a, a section of there that is about me so you can get to know who I am as a podcaster, as a human being. 
Um, if you want to donate to the business overall, you can head over to my Twitter page, The Complex. There's a tip chart over there as well. If you are one of those people who like, comment, and share, I appreciate you more than you freaking know. Please continue to share the podcast with people, show love, um, comment. You know, if you want to have conversations or feel like there's topics you want me to discuss, or if you just want to just, you know, um, just be around. I appreciate it. Just remember, it's all love. We got to go through something to get somewhere. And I'm grateful that you guys are doing that with me.